McCall Life Magazine presents The Bottom Line Written by Kylan Menandic, Editor, McCall Life Magazine Read by Sophia Butler Snowflakes have a long way to go before they hit the ground. Each one begins as a single ice crystal rooted on a speck of dust thousands of feet in the air. A newborn flake could spin around for hours, slowly gathering quintillions of water molecules. The resulting snowflakes can fall into eight general shapes depending on temperature and humidity. But every individual flake is unique by the time it hits the ground. Each one is a natural work of art that drifts on the wind until it melts or shatters. Snowflakes and McCall have had a shorter trip than most when they hit the ground, as they softly crunch beneath the boots of Kevin Studley and George Halcombe. Each one is a reminder of the task at hand. Halcombe and Studley might be out of bounds just north of Tamarack Resort near Lunch Spot or up north by Trail Lake. Wherever they are, they're alone in the mountains, digging into the snowpack inch by inch until they isolate a three-foot column. Studley and Halcombe are avalanche forecasters for the Payette Avalanche Center, and they start most field days before dawn. After answering a few emails and checking the weather mostly cloudy with lots of fresh powder, the two of them develop a tour plan for the day over the phone. Where most skiers are completely stoked, ready to kick down the front door and get onto the slopes. These two are excited but wary as they pack up for work. They double-check for their transceivers, shovels, and probes. In comparison to previous years, I'd say it has been a little bit more touchy, Halcombe says. It has been pretty dynamic. We've had a lot of weak layers and as soon as the danger dissipates, we tend to get another layer that sets up another problem, which escalates the danger. So it's been pretty up and down. Studley and Halcombe roll into the office around 8 a.m., check in with their supervisors, and head out into the backcountry. Outside, the sunrise is a stunning backdrop of pink and orange behind the alpine tree line. Snow falls and boots crunch as they meticulously load their snowmobiles with skis, poles, boots, a first aid kit, repair tools, and anything they might need in an emergency. God forbid you have to spend the night out there, Studley says. We each carry first aid and basic survival tools, just in case. A 2PAC. The PAC has a lot of terrain to cover for just a two-person avalanche center. The advisory area encompasses a large chunk of the Payette National Forest north and east of McCall, and then parts of the West Mountains south of McCall. Unless they're touring around one of the resorts, Studley and Halcombe need snowmobiles to access such a wide area and produce avalanche forecasts every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Our avalanche center is small, Halcombe says. So Kevin and I tend to wear a lot of different hats. It's just myself and George, Studley adds. And we collaborate with the Friends of the Payette Avalanche Center, FPAC, which is a nonprofit group that supports us. FPAC has been around since 1999 with a mission to provide a community-based forum, operate and maintain training facilities, provide basic avalanche education, and be a general partner to the PAC. One of our motorized ambassador, Jana Allen, was able to get in touch with Skido recently, Studley says. They do these snowmobile loaner programs for avalanche centers. So we have two new snowmobiles and they've been a great addition. Support from FPAC and the PAC Forum is one of the big reasons Studley and Halcombe can serve such a large area. It's challenging for sure. Just being two people. That's where the FPAC plays a big part, Studley says. It's still in its infancy. We're still trying to create this foundational support in the community and spread awareness that we exist. Outdoor industry professionals and amateurs alike can submit avalanche observations online at Payetivalanche.org.
Forecasters use that vital information along with the weather patterns to plan out their tours. A lot of times we're driven by a submission, Halcom says. Someone submits an observation where they saw an avalanche or triggered an avalanche. Then what we do is a little avalanche investigation to make sure we understand exactly what's going on out there. Currently, the PAC offers gear discounts and a free sweatshirt to folks who submit five professional quality observations in a year. It's so helpful. We've been trying to encourage people and build more of a community collaboration. Because that's what it's really for, Halcom says. I think the most valuable thing is the ability for anyone, especially new snowmobilers or skiers, to get on there and see what other people are seeing. Birth of the Backcountry Boogeyman It's a beautiful bluebird day. The high-pressure system is here to stay, and most folks just enjoy the winter sunshine and make fun of all the bad goggle tans. But after a day or two, there's something dangerous lurking on the north face of the ridgeline, a blanket of sparkles across the dry snowpack. A week later, Studley and Halcom traverse toward their observation area. They're completely attuned to the environment, each of them relying on years of experience touring and guiding in various mountain ranges to help keep them safe. Halcom constantly checks his slope meter as he approaches a ridge. Anything over 30 degrees can slide, he says. It's impossible to control the terrain, but he can at least control his position within the terrain. That's really like the basic thing you learn as a backcountry traveler, Halcom says. Honestly, when I was young and first started 10 years ago, I probably incurred a lot more risk because I thought it was super necessary for the job. But over time, we found a lot of intelligent ways to reduce the risk and still get the same information. Throughout the field day, Studley watches the terrain, searching for any of the obvious signs, shooting cracks in the snowpack or piles of disturbed snow. We tell people the most obvious sign of an avalanche is an avalanche, Studley says with a laugh. The only things he can hear are the howling wind and the purr of his new ski 850 snowmobile, but he's listening for a very particular sound. It's really unnerving if you've never heard it, Studley says. There's a funny term that we use called whomping, which is essentially just the collapsing of a weak layer. It makes this big whomp sound. This weak layer is what forecasters are usually looking for when they perform stability tests in the field. Once Studley and Halcom reach the observation area, they look for a safe spot to serve as a proxy for the slope they're investigating. A lot of times we're not even going to enter into avalanche terrain until we've looked at the snowpack. You can kind of ease into it like that, Halcom says. We've developed a lot of good tests within the industry to keep us out of harm's way before we actually get in there and make that decision to enter dangerous terrain. We're on these little slopes that are inconsequential. So if something did happen, if there was an avalanche on these little slopes, it wouldn't hurt us. As they dig deeper through the snow, it's like going back in time days or even weeks. All the while, they're looking for a thin line of ice, the weak layer. It's called surface hoar, a layer of ice that forms just like dew or frost as moisture accumulates along the surface of the snow, usually during calm, clear night. Surface hoar is delicate and harmless while it sits on top of the snowpack, and it can even erode if there's enough sunlight, warm air, rain, or wind. But if the conditions remain clear, the surface hoar can accumulate for days before it's buried under subsequent snowfall. This weak layer of ice could lie there for weeks until an unlucky soul takes a wrong turn and shatters the entire thing, triggering an avalanche. Weak layers of surface hoar are light and feathery, so it creates a lot of empty space between the upper and lower snowpack. 
while it can withstand a lot of compression forces without collapsing, any shifting side to side can shatter the entire layer. It fails like cards or dominoes, Halcom explains. This can become particularly treacherous in areas where the environmental features preserve a large patch of surface hoar, while the wind destroys the rest. This creates a false sense of security on certain slopes that may be more dangerous than they seem during the first few turns. In my 10 years here, we've had one fatality in 2016, Halcom says. Granite Mountain out north of McCall by Twin Lakes. We had a snowmobiler who went in there and was killed by an avalanche, buried five feet deep with his airbag deployed. It was due to a buried surface or layer that formed during a clear period and then eventually got buried by subsequent layers. Important work. After a few hours of traveling, digging and measuring, Studley and Halcom take lunch break and wonder where the time went. It's so easy to spend over an hour in a hole, testing the snow and being like, oh my gosh, I haven't eaten yet and it's two or three o'clock. No wonder I'm hungry, Halcom says with a laugh. Each observation could consist of several different tests to determine the overall stability of the snowpack. Most commonly, PAC forecasters use the compression test, extended column test, and propagation saw test in conjunction with each other, as defined by the American Avalanche Association. They record every detail about the snowpack, how deep the weak layer is, how it reacts to each test, which way the wind is blowing, and any other weather observations that may impact the forecast. Usually we're digging snow pits pretty frequently and observing the different layers in the snowpack and how they interact with one another, Studley says. Then what we do is we compile that into the following day's avalanche forecast, which we write early in the morning before it goes out on the website. Studley and Halcom collect enough data for three reports a week, every week of the ski season. On field days, they're out for upwards of 10 hours between driving to the trailhead, snowmobiling through the woods, skiing to a test slope, digging, recording, rinsing, and repeating until they head home. It's pretty easy to get out there and get a full day's work, Halcom says. We're struggling all the time to not have too long of days, but we just have a lot to do. Despite the hours, it's hard to beat the views while they work. As Studley and Halcom wrap up their lunch, they take a deep breath of dry piney air and enjoy the beauty of Idaho's West Central Mountains. It can be like a lot of other jobs that have their challenges and stresses, but at the end of the day, I'm a skier at heart. So being able to travel into these more remote areas, ski some really cool terrain, and share what I learn as part of a public safety effort, it's rewarding, but we spend maybe like 3% of our time backcountry skiing, Studley says with a laugh. Their work is invaluable in a community of outdoor enthusiasts, especially in a place where the biggest draw is access to adventure. Anybody can rent a snowmobile for the weekend, grab a snow bike, or take a day trip out of bounds. So, organizations like the PAC are more important than ever when it comes to avalanche awareness and education. Once Studley and Halcom come down from the mountains, they also work in the community as educators. They recommend any newcomers to the sport attend avalanche safety classes and take a few trips with a guide or a mentor. There's plenty to learn in a classroom, but first-hand experience in the backcountry can sometimes be the best education. You just don't know until you've had a few years of experience after having some education, Halcom says. You don't really understand the gravity of it. Studley adds that even the most basic avalanche rescue class can provide a lot of perspective. It's much more affordable than a level 1 class, which I also recommend, Studley says. 
But rescue is one of the most important skills you can develop right away. And it really helps people understand the gravity of what they're getting themselves into. Once you understand what it takes to dig out a buried person, you can start to understand the consequences a lot more. At one of the mid-season educational events, Studley listens to a guest speaker from the Silverton Avalanche School. He looks around the patio at Salmon River Brewery and sees all the outdoor industry people learning, enjoying a few brews, and looking forward to another day outside. To have all these people in the community with loads of experience in the backcountry, it's humbling, Studley says. For me to be in this role, to gather this information and put it out to the public and then receive that feedback too from the community to hear that they appreciate what we're doing and they appreciate our service. Yeah, I'd say it's humbling.